Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are the Kansas City Chiefs are your Super Bowl 58 champions. The NASCAR season is starting up with their iconic race at Daytona. UFC 298, live from the West Coast in California. Players here, players there, players everywhere. Looking at who won and lost the NBA trade deadline. The NBA stars gather in Indy this weekend for this year's edition of the NBA All-Star Weekend. With that, I give you our Chief Fire Fire Brigade, Rob Calc. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on a Thursday night, live in Colton's basement. Uh, yeah, we're uh, going to do some just a real quick recap of the, the Super Bowl. I, I guess, to me, I want to start out with a question to you guys. Um, what do you think was the biggest reason or the main reason that the 49ers came up short? Matt, what do you think? <laughs> uh, you know, for me, I, I think uh, experience. I, I think they didn't. They didn't have that that championship uh, swagger about them. Mm -hmm. That drive, you know, they never never quit. They just they didn't put it away when they had a chance early. I think they kind of dominated that game for the first half, and and just they they, they didn't keep the the foot on the pedal, and, and they didn't score touchdowns when they needed to. They settled for field goals, and, mm -hmm. and that ultimately yeah, put that, them in the end. That's the point I want to make. But Colton, I'll let you answer. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, very similar. Uh, you know settled for too many too many field goals you know when they had opportunities to, to score touchdowns um you know I, I think against a Kansas City team that uh you know the defense obviously for Kansas City has been is much improved compared mm -hmm. to what we're used to seeing so you, mm -hmm. you you gotta you gotta try to you know convert those those field goals into touchdowns and get get more points and you know put the pressure on you know Patrick Mahomes uh, you know I just never felt like the Chiefs were really never kind of out of this game. I mean, I know they were down, you know, down early, but, you know, with the Chiefs, no lead is ever safe at this point. Um, so, you know, they I, I that a couple of years ago. Right. So I just think, yeah. When they played the 49ers, what, four years ago or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. um, so I just think that, yeah, too many, too many, settle for too many, too many field goals. Uh, you know, just, yeah. You, you put that on the coach then, not going for it on fourth down? or I mean, because that's kind of been the story, you know, the, the question, you know, as to, uh, you know, whether they should have went for that one, you know, in the in the third, fourth quarter there. Um, they kicked a field goal instead. Um, you know, but here's the thing, you know, to me, like, every, Dan Campbell, when he takes chances, <laughs> and now when Ch Kyle Shanahan didn't, Right. Now they're all over him. So, right. I, I, you know, to me, I think the biggest mistake or the biggest factor in this game is the missed, missed or blocked extra point mm -hmm. in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. I mean, you put one more point on the board. Yeah. It's over in regulation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That's over in regulation. It, right. You know, one way or another, whether the Chiefs would have scored a touchdown instead of kicking a field goal to tie mm -hmm. or, you know, come up a point short or whatever. But, right. uh, you know, and to me, after Moody being an absolute stud in college, mm -hmm. he's really been inconsistent, I think, in the NFL. I mean, he kicked some long ones in that game. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, I'm no kicker. So, <laughs> right. you know, don't, don't get me wrong. But a professional kicker in the NFL should never, to me, miss an extra point or, or even have one blocked. I mean, it's a chip shot. He hit a line drive on a, on, on an extra point. You mm -hmm. can't do that. You got to get that thing up in the air. So right. to me, you know, that was that was a, a major. And, I, and as I was watching the game, I said, man, I hope that doesn't come back to haunt him. Oh, and, and, and it did. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It really did. I didn't. I thought Shanahan made the right calls. Mm -hmm. um, at times when, you know, the – the one field goal, I think it was like fourth and four, fourth and five. And it's like, man, that's, you know, against, like you said, an improved Kansas City defense. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought it was the right call. I like, you know, for that team, I like it when they take the points. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it, 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 was, it was it was an entertaining game to watch. I right. will say yeah, that. The yeah. only couple of calls I had a problem with for Shanahan was, you know, third and short, third, you know, third and three, third and four. He's, he's out there trying to pass it mm -hmm. instead of just – just feeding this guy who got him there all season long. Christian and and then really they hadn't stopped right. McCaffrey all, you know, yeah. he, he ran in the first half. And then they, like you said, they kind of got away from that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. I agree. And then if you get, 
if it's third and three and you get two yards, then you're in a fourth and one, then yeah, right. then, you know, logistics. And mm-hmm. I think common sense with McCaffrey. Exactly. Right. You right. Know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, but yeah, just, you know, not take away from, from the chiefs. I mean, what they were able to do and mm-hmm. what they've done, you know, back to back Super Bowl champs now, uh, you know, three Super Bowls, you know, under this kind of current regime's belt at this, at this point, um, you know, in all three of those Super Bowl wins, you know, the one against the 49ers a handful of years ago, last year against the Eagles, and now against the 49ers again, they trailed by 10 points in all three of those Super Four Bowls and, and, yep. and came back and came back and won. So they uh, are no stranger to coming back in this, you know, in this Super Bowl or coming down from double digits in a Super Bowl. Uh, so that's why, yeah, I just think San Francisco missed their opportunities, I think, to, to, you know, really bury this Kansas City team and, mm-hmm. and really put them away, um, you know. But hats well, off. Especially when it felt like Kansas City was imploding. I mean, you got Travis Kelsey on the sidelines right. getting over in his coach's face yeah, and, right. and just going nuts. Like, yeah. you, you thought that was the moment right. like San Francisco should take off from mm-hmm. here and, and, you know, put, put the – They just never the really did. The throat. Yeah, yeah, they, they couldn't do it. Yeah, they couldn't. Could, couldn't separate themselves. But, yeah, this Kansas City defense, I mean, uh, you look at, you know, what they did. In this game, I mean, they forced the 49ers to three for their three and three for 12 on third down. Yeah. They only gave up 110 total rushing yards in this in this game. I mean, mm-hmm. as well as McCaffrey played, I mean, he only had 80 rushing yards in this in this game, and it took him 20 some carries to get yeah. to that 80 yeah. yards. So they, uh, you know, did a nice job of, of somewhat limiting, you know, as best you can, limiting him to to you know not killing him so much or whatever, um, but. You know, I, I really have to give it off to Kansas City's pass defense, and not only just in this Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but this entire playoffs. Um, all out of all the receivers that they faced in the playoffs, only one of them had over a hundred receiving yards, and that yeah. was Zay Flowers in the Baltimore Ravens in the in the conference championship. Wow. You look at the other receivers that they went up against uh, in their first round game against the Dolphins in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Tyreek Hill only had 62 receiving yards. Jalen Waddle only had 30 receiving yeah. yards. Um, then they move on and play Buffalo in the next round. And, you know, Stephon Diggs only had 21 receiving wow. yards. Uh, That's and then, an accomplishment. Yeah, then in this Super Bowl, you got Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, two, you know, elite receivers as well. Uh, Ayuk finished with 49 receiving yards, and Debo only finished with 33 receiving I think, yards. Uh, so yeah, McCaffrey was the leading receiver. He had yeah. 80 yards rushing and 80 yards receiving. Yeah, yeah. I think, though – and Matt kind of said it. They, they to me in the second half, they kind of got away from the run a yeah, little bit, yeah. and that's when McCaffrey shines. You know, late in the third quarter, into the fourth quarter, that's teams when he'll are tired, play. right? Yeah, he 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 never he's got a motor. He mm-hmm. doesn't get tired, right. and he's going to break one. He never really broke a big one, but there's always that possibility with uh-huh. him. And I just I just felt like they they kind of got away from something that was working for him, right? Right. In the yeah. first half. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that they. We're having some success on the on the ground, and you know, tried to yeah. I don't know for whatever reason we're trying to force it. It was like after he he fumbled it on that that first early drive, right. they, they yeah. really didn't even feed him that much after that because he he kind of drove it clear down the field right. himself alone, mm-hmm. and, then, and he had that fumble, and it just kind of never yeah. went back to it. Right, right. But uh, you know, hats off to the to the Chiefs. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes obviously adds another Super Bowl under his under his belt and mm-hmm. to his you know legacy. Um, you know, finished with over 300 passing yards in that game. You know, fairly fairly accurate as well. Uh, was the leading rusher for the team as well. I thought I thought the legs of Patrick Mahomes was the difference. Yeah. You know, for this Kansas City that we hadn't had quite seen, that... hadn't quite seen in this playoff. I mean, he had a couple of decent scrambles in the playoffs, but this one it, he really showed out. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I thought, yeah, the 49ers, you know, defensive line did just about all you can do. I mean, they got after him, you know, tried to contain him as much as he could, but man, this guy's, this guy's good. I mean, it, it, there's, good. I think, you, I think we can put to rest though, that Purdy's just a game manager mm-hmm. after that game. Yeah, I, he really came out and made some, some great plays, yeah, kept plays alive with his legs right, and, right. and moved around. I mean, he showed he's an elite quarterback. Yeah. He's I, I think though, if you talk, you know, listen to like guys like Joe Montana, mm-hmm. you know, you know, guys that, you know, hall of fame quarterbacks, they say you got to be a game manager. You don't want somebody out there just slinging Wing the ball, you know, right. not paying attention to what's going on with, you know, down and situational and, type yeah, stuff. Situational yeah. stuff. So, yeah. you know, I don't, to me, game manager is not an insult. Right. 
Um, not bad to have. Right, right. I mean, everybody that I think all your quarterbacks that maybe say take Brett Favre out of that mix because he was just a gunslinger. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of your quarterbacks that have, you know, had, have success. had success. Look at Tom Brady. You know, right. uh, you know, they didn't throw a lot of deep balls in right. New England. They, right. they kind of dink you and dunk you and, right. you know, just kind of wore you down with the short stuff and over the middle and, you know, okay, so is Tom Brady a man? A game manager? <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. Look how many Super Bowl rings you got. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. So, uh, I'll, so I'll, I guess I'll, the last question, have taken the ball first and over time, or should they have gone second? I like I like going second. Um, yeah, I mean, at least in it, with the rules that, that are in place for, you know, overtime in the, in the Super Bowl, per se, it probably yeah. would have taken. If you're down, the other team scored, whether it's a field goal, or a touchdown for you, mm-hmm. you know you're going four downs every right. time. Right, yeah. You know. Like, I guess the only thing I like about going first with the way this new setup is if you go down and score a touchdown, they go down and tie it up with a touchdown. Now it's sudden death, and you control the ball. Right. It's, it's not in their hands at that point. That, yeah. That's the only thing I like about going first. I, I like how they've changed it, um, but, yeah, I think – yeah, I agree with that part of it. But – I like going second because, like I said, then you always know you got you know four what you downs. need, right? Yeah, well, four downs. I just think you know, with with at least the way in this this game played out, you know, I think if I was the 49ers, I want the ball second, just mm-hmm. because it seemed like the momentum was all on Kansas City's side at that at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was one of those things that, yeah, I don't want to be the first one to take the ball and right. give them, you know, the chance to do whatever they need to do to win to win the game. I'm taking it second. Let my defense but maybe gotta, get a stop, not get a stop, but at least I know at what I'm getting. How tired is my defense right, right now, right, too? The, right. you know, Kansas City just had to drive to tie it up. Right, and, right. You know, so, you know, maybe that was part of the thought process, right. too, was mm-hmm. taking the ball. Excuse me, taking the ball first to give your, you know, your defense a chance to mm-hmm. catch a catch a blow or whatever. But, uh, right. No, I, I think I would have deferred. But, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I always. I mean, that's kind of the unwritten rule in football yeah. is that you win the coin toss, you always defer. defer and, you know, it's different, obviously, overtime rules for other games outside of the Super Bowl because mm-hmm. it's, yeah, if you, you know, get the ball first, you go down, score a touchdown, whatever, you, you, the other team doesn't really get a chance or whatever right. because of the overtime rules. But 99% of the time when I win the coin toss, I'm deferring, right. I'm letting the other team, you know, get the ball. So, right. um, but, right. yeah, obviously – Hindsight's well, we talked about it with the Lions, you know, and the same thing with the 49ers. It's tough to get back. Yeah. So I mean, it'll be tough. I mean, the Chiefs obviously. And the Chiefs too, right? right? I mean, they're you know looking to be, if they're able to make it back to the Super Bowl. First team to three feet. First team to yeah, if they were able to win it, you know, make it to the Super Bowl, win it again, they'd be the first team to win three in a row. And obviously, you know, that's a fate in itself, a and will be hard enough just to get back there at this for point sure. for the, for this Chiefs team, but. You know, never say never with with the the core that they have in place, and you know now with the elevated play of their defense, this is going to be going to be a tough team to to, to stop they're, they're for sure. A tough out for sure. All right, very good. Well, let's move on to uh, Daytona 500. They uh, we ended with the NFL Super Bowl, and then NASCAR starts their season with their Super Bowl. So, right, right. Um, you know, coming off the uh, clash at the Coliseum, mm-hmm. you know, the the first the number one and number two. Set up, you know, Logano and McDowell are one and two, and the rest of the starting spots are set by the two dual qualifiers that are being run tonight. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, right now, and I don't know how, I mean, guys way smarter than me, but they got Kozlowski with the best odds to win right now at mm-hmm. 19 to two. Yeah. Kyle Bush and Denny Hamlin at 10 to one, and Ryan Blaney at 11 to one. Right. You know, your, your two pulse that your, your one and two guys aren't even in the top five there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, that's a. It's always tough, you know, at the beginning of the season because you never know. I mean, everybody's, in my opinion, it's on the same plane. Well, they're bragging about this new Mustang that it's a completely new car this year. Well, I mean, two Fords at the right. top, Called you know, the one dark horse, the Mustang right. dark horse. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, and you know the definition, I guess, of a dark horse is somebody that <laughs> comes you know, out of nowhere. Comes out of nowhere. Right. So, right. You yeah. know, but evidently, 
Vegas doesn't think so. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Well, and I, I think that's in a race like this, you kind of pick the guys who've had the experience right. and sure. been here, done that. Logano does. They, they know yeah. how to how to get through the yeah. through the field, right. and because this is a, a race that's known for for the big one, the yeah. big accident. So, right, right. You know, if, if you can navigate your way through mm-hmm. the big accident mm-hmm. and yeah. still stay alive, you know, you've got a big shot. Right. But I found it interesting. The last three years, it's been some, uh, some obscure guy that nobody's yeah. ever heard of. It's one. Yeah. Uh, three years ago, it was Michael McDowell. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So two years ago, Austin Sendrick, yeah. and then last year, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., right. all of them picking up their first career wins ever, Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, in, in a race like that. So yeah. it's, it's because of that big one. The yeah. accident always takes out so many great drivers, mm-hmm. and if you're just kind of floating around, staying on that right. lead lap, yeah, you, you got a shot. So right. you just you got to stay out of that big one, and, mm-hmm. and it can be anybody's game in a race like this. Right, yeah. I, I haven't looked at the weather forecast for Sunday. I know they're, they're going off at 2.30, you know, down in Daytona, but I haven't looked at the weather forecast out yeah. that far. Yeah, I'm not not sure what it what it's looking like, but uh, you know, it's uh, interesting. Obviously, I think Denny Hamlin kind of being in that top five as far as the betting odds mm-hmm, goes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming that's probably because it's going Coliseum right, for, right. for NASCAR, so that you know kind of helps a little bit. And I think if I remember correctly or saw something that he might be towards the top as far as winning the entire like they think he has one of the best odds to win nascar you know the nascar cup this year as well so um but yeah uh two and a half mile track you know 200 laps you know sunday you know sunday afternoon um you know we kick off kick off the season um you know nascar has opened the season at daytona in february every year since 1982 so been doing it for for a long time at, at daytona and obviously an iconic track um you know, one one quick kind of note: uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is going to be the grand the grand marshal for this for this year's race. So he'll be the be the guy that's uh, you know waving, sends them off. you know, yeah. sends them off, you know, waving the flag, all that stuff. So that'll be you know be pretty pretty exciting to see. But uh, you know, yeah, like Dad mentioned, only Logano and McDowell have their spots locked up. Well, somewhat locked up because I read something that if they were to get an accident in the dual race, they yeah. would have, have to, to start. To they would car. have to start yeah. in the back, you know, for for the you know for the main event on on Sunday. Right. But uh, you know, barring any you know major crashes or major accidents, they'll be one and two to, to start it, you know, on Sunday, and then everybody else is you know based on their results in the dual races. That's where you'll be you know starting mm-hmm. um, on on Sunday. So you know, going to get NASCAR kicked off, and you know be talking about that throughout the you know throughout the season here well, uh, with that you know the daytona 500 and you know the pga is playing this weekend so baseball's reporting so that means and the, the ufl will be right right yeah and football yeah, still around so yeah, so uh i mean spring's right around the corner and that's good for me <laughs> uh, yeah what else we got on daytona 500 guys um yeah nothing nothing else uh you know 42 42 drivers competing for 40 mm-hmm. spots at this at this point um, you know, so pretty big, you know, pretty big field. Um, you know, obviously Daytona, yeah, one of those iconic, iconic races, you know, get things kicked off and, um, it's always, yeah, always exciting to, exciting to see. Been there once. It is, it is quite the, uh, yeah. quite the show in mm-hmm. Daytona. I've been stay. there multiple times myself. It yeah. A, a great, a great venue to watch a race. Right. Iconic. Mm-hmm. Right. Kind of like sure. Fenway. Or, right. Right. You know, yeah. Whatever, the, the iconic stadiums, you know, mm-hmm. very similar here in NASCAR with, with Daytona. So it's, uh, yeah, always fun to see how, how the season gets things, you know, kicked off to, yeah, give, give yourself a better chance to see who might be the, the, the drivers to watch this year. Obviously the first one coming into the season, it, yeah, it's always tough to tell who's going right. to be, who's going to be good. Who's going to, you know, not be so good or, you know, whatever, but obviously NASCAR, a very long season things change you know quite frequently throughout the throughout the season but always good to get it get it kicked off at at daytona and you know get things get things started on the right the right foot so all right very good all right also out in california this weekend we got ufc 298 uh title bout the featherweight um alexander volkanovsky against Ilya tofura um Kind of the old man against the you know thirty five years old is mm-hmm. kind of long in the tooth in UFC you <laughs> yeah. know that that's uh, against a twenty seven year old that's fourteen and zero up and comer I think um, but uh, uh, to to defend Volkanovski um, he's never lost at featherweight in UFC undefeated in featherweight um, now he did lose a couple he tried to uh, jump weight classes and lost a couple bouts mm-hmm. here recently. 
Um, but uh, I, I, you know, he's coming in at twenty six and three, and like I said, Tapura is coming in at fourteen and zero. Um, we'll see how this goes. I, I don't know. I, I, I like Alexander's the favorite. You know, ever I, so slightly favorite. Yeah, yeah. slightly favorite. Yeah. But uh, you know, I look for him. You know, he's dominated this featherweight class, and mm-hmm. I look for that to continue this weekend. Yeah, gonna gonna be interesting. Um, you know this. The, the up and comer here, you know, no short of confidence. Um, you know, like you mentioned, fourteen and zero. The guy on all of his social medias already has his has his accounts changed to fifteen and zero. UFC world champion already Good. in his in his social media. So he's uh, you know counting his counting his chickens before they hatch. You know, maybe, but uh, yeah, obviously, in a sport like this, you have to be you know you have to have that confidence, that swagger about you to to you know uh, that that kind of plays into the theatrics and, you know, sometimes what happens in the, in the ring. So, but definitely, you know, he's going to have his hands full, you know, Volkanovsky, a guy that's, you know, ran this division, been, you know, one of the best pound for pound fighters in, in the UFC, not just in featherweight, but, you know, amongst all the divisions. Um, but, you know, th- this, I, in my his toughest, toughest fight, you know, in, in featherweight that he's seen, not only because of the age factor, but, um, you know, in last three fights, for for uh for the up and comer, um, he's beaten his opponents all three ways that you can beat opponents. His first one, last three, you know, the last three fights, the first one beat the guy via knockout. You know, threw his hands, knocked the guy out. Second one submitted, submitted the guy, took him to the ground, and you know, submitted him. And the final, you know, final round or final fight of the three fights he's he's fought the last three fights, um, he went the distance, you know, and won one on points at that point. So. A guy that's yeah, very you know versatile, able to to win multiple ways. That's kind of what you got to do against you know Volkanovski that that is capable of doing the exact same thing as well. Um, so it's going to be. I think this is going to be an exciting fight, a good right. title fight to, to you know get things going here um, out on the out on the West Coast. Um, but you know, I, I think honestly, I think I'm taking I'm taking the upset in this one. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the newcomer is going to going to knock off Volkanovski, going to catch him catch him sleeping a bit. And I think, I think he beats Volkanovski and, you know, takes, takes the belt. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You know, like both said, Volkanovski comes in this at 26 and three at 13 knockouts, three submissions, 10 wins by decision where uh, Tapora is 14 and 0, four knockouts, eight submissions, two decisions. Mm. You know, I, I think to, to, if you're watching this thing, if, if it's going, going closer to the distance, yeah. you, you got to like Volkanovski's right. chances. Cause you know, he's been there, done that. Right. He, he knows how to win in a fight like right. that. Where I think, you know, um, Tapora could get get a little tired because he's not he's not used to going that many rounds right. and going the distance. Well, so. and it's always the thing of to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. Right. And when exactly. it comes to the judges scoring, they unless you have had a phenomenal, you know, five rounds, the points usually lean more the towards the right. champion than they do, you know, the, the, the newcomer. So that's, you know, going to be something to look forward to, but yeah, yeah go ahead. Matt. So I, you know, I look for if Tapora is going to win, I think he's going to win by a submission. Mm-hmm. I, I think both of these guys can, can punch and take a punch. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think they're both, you know, it's they're going to show some fireworks that way, but I, I think the, the biggest area Tapora has, has the favorability here is in that submission category. Okay. If, if he can get Volkanovsky to the ground, yeah. I like his chances to win this thing as well. Yeah, Very good. yeah, All yeah. Right. And then the, the co-main is a middleweight fight, Robert Whitaker against Paulo Costa. Yeah. Uh, Whitaker coming in, a lot of experience, 25 and 7. Yeah. And, and, you know, Costa, 14 and 2. They both lost their last fights when they challenged for the title. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, this is not a title fight, correct? No, no. Nope. Yeah. So, yeah, they're yeah. probably more like a number one contender. Yeah, right. Right. So, right yeah maybe the, the winner of this gets their, gets another shot. Yeah. Um, but uh, tell me what you guys think here. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what what I'm looking at here. I mean, you talk about it. The experience with with Robert Whitaker. I mean, it was it, it's been a while, but you know, five years ago, Whitaker was the belt holder in this division in the middleweight division. Um, you know, so it hasn't been so long ago that he was you know the champion in this division and knows what it takes to to be the champion, but, you know, has kind of fallen off here recently, you know, has lost two of his last three fights and, and, you know, with age and, you know, things like that, this may be his last shot to potentially try to get that belt back at this point. Um, you know, like you mentioned, if he's able to win this game, you know, win this fight against, uh, against Paulo Costa, he probably has got a, a decent shot or, you know, a good chance to be the, the guy to get 
a shot at, at fighting for the for the title in this in this uh, division. So I think there's a lot a lot on the line for Robert Whitaker in this one as far as you know legacy goes and you know opportunity to add to that legacy. Um, but yeah, obviously Paulo Costa comes into this with slightly better better record than than Robert Whitaker and kind of the guy that you know everybody's. Uh, maybe maybe picking in this in this fight, mm-hmm. uh, but I think Diamond it's Costa's kind of limping into this thing too because, yeah, yeah. like you said, Whitaker lost two of his last three, so it's Costa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and both of these guys are kind of on on the wrong side of it, this mm-hmm. thing right mm-hmm. now. But you know, I, I I like I like Whitaker and, and his his experience here, and I, I think it, this will also favor him if it goes the distance. He's got ten wins uh, by decision, where uh, Costa's only got I believe two two by decision. So. Mm-hmm. You know, this is another one where I, I like the, the the gagey veteran if it goes the distance, and I, I think this will be one of those fights that are, are more of a, a distance fight than the other one. I, I like Whitaker to win this one. I agree, Matt. I think the experience does suits him well here, um, and I think you know, like I said, that just that being in the ring that many times, and mm-hmm. you know, but that last shot, that last chance, like you said, Colton. Mm-hmm. Uh, to move up and challenge for, you know, maybe his last run at a, at a, at a belt. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, a couple, this is actually, in my opinion, pretty, pretty decent card as far as main card goes. Cause you know, outside that middleweight one, you got a decent fight in the welterweight, you know, the number 10 taking on the number eight in that, in that division. Um, and then you got a, a pretty decent bantam weight fight as well between the number three, uh, currently ranked and number two ranked guy so obviously a lot of, one of those two is going to get their shot probably yeah, yeah you know that's what i got in my notes here is you ever you know wins that bantamweight fight more than likely he's getting their opportunity to fight for the for the championship in that in that division so yeah a lot a lot on the line i think in this in this uh you know this ufc you know 298 here so a lot of a lot of close seated matchups closely ranked matchups um but you know a lot of bigger implications on, you know, winners of, of these matchups that may get their chance to, to move on and, and, you know, fight, fight champions. And, um, you know, obviously the, the title fight of the main event, you know, if, uh, you know, the, the newcomer is able to pull it off, he's obviously holding the belt and has a good shot at holding it for, for a while at this point. So mm-hmm. it's going to be, going to be some exciting stuff. And, um, you know, California, gets gets a gets a UFC out there to you know see what they can do and see what kind of crowd they can they can bring for this thing so all right very good well we're going to take a real quick commercial break don't leave us we'll be right back this podcast is sponsored by Podbean Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast we use Podbean to host fired up download the free Podbean podcast app to start record and publish your very own podcast in minutes Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, we're back. Thanks for sticking around. We're going to wrap up the show with a couple uh, NBA things. You know, the uh, the trade deadline has come, came and went. Um, you know, we kind of talked maybe a little bit about who we thought uh, did themselves the best favor and who who kind of who kind of made the wrong moves or didn't make any moves at all. And mm-hmm. I, I guess to me, that's who I'm going to start with. The Lakers didn't make any moves. Mm-hmm. That was uh, and along with that individually. You know, LeBron had a chance to go to the Warriors, and <laughs> right. You know, I, uh, that would have been pure chaos, and chaos I don't even know how that would have even. I don't know how it would have went either. Right. But I, you know, to, for the Lakers not to do anything, mm-hmm. you know, before the deadline, I think was probably a mistake on their part. And yeah. for me, the big winner is back in back over in the East in New York Knicks. You know, yep. they're sitting in fourth over there. Made made some trades to I think make themselves better and make a run make you know make a run at this thing in the East. Yeah, yeah you know the hardest thing for this Lakers team is they they don't have a ton of assets right. to have moved off of. Right, right. And I guess they could have moved on from LeBron, but mm-hmm. then you're not really trying to make your team better at that point. Right, right. It's you know trying building for the future. Mm-hmm. You know, so and, and it sounds like they kind of left it up to LeBron on what he wanted to do because right. it, it sounds like Golden State had called and they said. We'll call and talk to LeBron's agent and, <laughs> and get back to us if, right. if he really wants to move. Right, right. So I, it does sound like you know the Lakers 
did LeBron the solid of saying, you know, this you is go. totally up to you. If you right. want to go, you can right. go. Right. If you want to stay, we're right. happy to have you. Right. So, you, you know, I, I can't fault fault the, the Lakers for that part mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's hard to fault them for for not making any other moves because <laughs> there wasn't much else to move. I guess right. you could have tried moving Anthony Davis too, but right. he's supposed to be your young core after right. LeBron goes. Right. So, you know, it, I, I mean. I think it's just tough. They're in a tough yeah, spot. They're, they're in a, a very bad spot. They right. have no draft capital to right. move either. So, right. Right. I mean, I, I still, I agree. I had them as my losing team because okay. they did nothing. And there was right. a ton of smoke coming into this thing mm-hmm. of things that could have happened. And, right. and they just sat stand fat. Yeah. And I also agree with LeBron being the losing player because he's on the, the, the backside of his career here. Right. And right. He, he's not getting any help to try to win another championship right. and become the, the greatest above Michael of <laughs> right. all time. Right. And, you right. know, it's just nothing happened there. Right. Well, and I think it's just interesting. I mean, no offense, but it's like you go, I mean, the the Warriors aren't any better at right. this point as far as record goes. I mean, yeah, they got, you know, maybe some more talent on right. the team than, than the Lakers do maybe, but they're no better off than the Lakers are as far as record goes. So, you know, what, what good does it really – you go from right. – the 10th seed to the ninth seed. What, you know, what, what good right, does that right. do you? So I don't really know what, what. I think it's more about I, I positional think, stuff. Yeah. You know, I, what, I think the thought is LeBron with some shooters, if LeBron could drive and then Steph could just sit out there and, and cash shoot. threes. Yeah. And I think that's what the Knicks threes. did by yeah. adding Bogdanovich and mm-hmm. Alec Burks, you know, right. two shooters yeah. to spread that floor a little bit for, you know, for Brunson. I mm-hmm. think um, that's why, I, you know, kind of got the Knicks as the winners. I think, Take all trades out of it. Mm. The big losers potentially could be the Cleveland Cavaliers mm, okay. coming in the hottest team and you know nine and one their last right. ten games. Yeah, they're playing. You good. know, you, when you're hot like that, you want to keep playing. Right, right, you know? right, right. And uh, the second hottest team, the team that's leading the East at eight and two. So, right, right. You yeah. know, you know. Hopefully, you know, for the for the Cavs that this hot streak continues mm. and. Uh, right. It doesn't wind up being, you know, a, a bad show for them. Right. Yep. Well, who's your Who's your winner, Matt? Who you yeah, like? Yeah, I actually agreed with with Rob on that yeah. as well. The winning team being the New York Knicks. Yeah. You know, they, they started this season off by trading away R.J. Barrett to bring in O.G. Anobi. Yeah. Uh, from the Raptors, and and that's gone great for them. Right. It's, it's come up huge for them so far this year. Mm-hmm. And now at the deadline, they add Bojan Bogdanovic and Alec Burks. Neither of them superstars, but like your right. dad said, the guys that can space the floor and, and, knock down and give shooters, give man. guys some some room to work yeah, so mm-hmm. i think i think that's huge new york really made some moves to, to try to really give themselves i'm not going to say they're championship contenders mm-hmm. from these moves mm-hmm. but they're, they're definitely a top four eastern yeah. conference team with with these moves yeah uh, winning player in my mind came out to be xavier tillman he goes from one of the worst teams in the nba and the memphis Grizzlies, and immediately becomes a championship contender with the boston Celtics. Oh, yeah, i think yeah. he, he's a he's a nice pickup for them he'll mm-hmm. slot in nicely as a backup big yeah and that, that's a spot they needed to, to have some guys that can have some depth there some depth there yeah. you know they've got a ton of guards but that they really right. need some depth at that big size yeah. there and I, that's a, a good move for the celtics great move for xavier tillman yeah yeah absolutely well what you got Cole? i'll make it uh three for three in the winner circle i have the knicks <laughs> as my winner as well and uh you know you, you mentioned it you know bojan Bogdanovich, Alec Burks, and then, you know, OJ, OG Ananobi. Um, played well. He's currently injured, but expected to come back, you know, here in the next couple of weeks. I think that's going to be key for them after they lost, you know, one of kind of their uh, kind of their big men there, uh, kind of stretch forward, you know, that kind of came in there and did did the dirty work. I think uh, OG Ananobi kind of is same guy, same player, able to, you know, fill the same role. So I think that was that was a great move by the Knicks even before kind of the trade deadline, you know, kind of kicked off um, and, you know, only got rid of, you know, didn't get rid of a, a ton of guys to, to bring in those guys. Um, you know, you mentioned it, the Knicks, one of the hottest teams, uh, you know, having won 16 of their last 19 games, you know, coming into the trade deadline. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes much like the Cavs, you know, sometimes that that hot team means that they stay pat at the trade deadline. Well, the Knicks said, the heck with that. We're playing hot, but we still need some players. We still need some some uh, some guys to fill you know fill some certain spots. Uh, let's you know add some players and you know I think in in this one they added they added the depth in my opinion. Yeah, they didn't add you know guys that are superstars or all stars, but the depth for this for this Knicks team is is there and and that you know with a long you well grueling stretch, you know right? long grueling season, a long potential playoffs. That that's gonna you know come come in handy, um, you know for me, 
picking up Bojan Bogdanovic, again, a guy that can shoot the outside outside shot, spreads the floor, takes some of that scoring load off of Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson right. so that they're not the two guys that are having to score every time the Knicks bring the ball down the court. They got somebody else that, you know, is a capable scorer. Um, and then Alex Burks, I think, is a guy that is probably the mold of a Tom Thibodeau type guy, a guy that can shoot the three ball and plays great defense. You know, Tom Tom Thibodeau, that's kind of his philosophy in today's NBA. Um, you know, shoot a lot of threes, make a lot of threes, but, you know, play hard-nosed defense right. as well. Um, but, you know, yeah, I think this Knicks team, you know, in the Eastern Conference, like you mentioned, fourth in the, you know, fourth currently in the Eastern Conference, but with the uncertainty that surrounds a couple of the teams ahead of them, uh, you know, the 76ers with Embiid being injured, uh, the Bucks obviously making a midseason coaching change right. that hasn't quite played dividends. Yeah, maybe this gives them the chance right. to right to ship. Right. You know, they're mm -hmm. four and six in their last ten games. Right, and right. Maybe this break is what they need to mm -hmm. kind of right. gel. <laughs> yeah, so Doc's already got almost as many losses as the guy they just shipped out. Right, of town. right, right. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I think the Knicks are set up well, made these moves. They're they're set up for the kind of the second half of the season, in my opinion. Um, and then Big loser um, for me is the the Chicago Bulls, um, currently ninth in the Eastern Conference. And the reason that I say they're the big loser, they added nothing, but they didn't get rid of anything either. And, you know, the, the, the front office, you know, believes that this team can win by just keeping the same guys every year. Well, the numbers say otherwise. Right. Um, last year, after 49 games, the record was – 23 and 26. They were 22nd in offensive rating and 13th in defensive rating. All right. This year, after 49 games, their record 23 and 26. Offensive rating 23rd in the NBA, defensive rating 14th in the NBA. I will say, in, in the Bulls' defense for all that, both years they've had a boatload of injuries they've never been able to get this whole team to play together right I, I guess i can see why why they think the potential is there for that team to be good mm -hmm. i don't think it's a championship contending right. team, but I, I can see why they think they have the pieces to be a, a playoff caliber team right anyway. just how long do you keep holding on right. to aging assets at yeah. this point mm -hmm. um because it, it you know the numbers keep getting worse for the bulls because yeah. the bulls have only made one trade in season, out of season, in the last 893 days. They have gone even longer since making an in-season trade at 1,050 <laughs> days. So they've gone, you know, almost three years without making a trade during the year uh, to try to, you know, potentially better themselves. And I think it reflects in kind of their mediocrity, I guess, right. at this point. You know, at, the front office seems like, okay, yeah, we'll just keep this core team together. We're good enough to make – a play in spot and we'll see what, you know, see what happens or whatever. Um, despite some of their players, you know, Alex Caruso, DeMar DeRozan, as well as Andre Drummond, having some trade interest, some teams did make the call to see, you know, if they could make a trade for them. But the Bulls said, eh, well, we're just going to stick with our team and, you know, see what we can do. So, uh, you know, I think it says a lot about this trade deadline this year that the hottest name in this deadline was Bogdanovich. <laughs> right. I mean, nobody was moving this right, year. Right. It was a very stand-pat year right. for the, very for the stagnant, league. Yeah. Kind of not, not, not a very sexy, exciting deadline. <laughs> right, sure. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so we'll see, you know, how it plays, pay, plays out for, you know, some of these teams that did make moves. Obviously, the Knicks, not the only team that made moves. You know, a lot of other teams, you know, did make some, again, maybe not major breaking all-star type trades, but added, you know, some nice role players right. here and there. So there were several teams that made made some moves. We'll see how it how it plays out, you know, for for the different teams, and you know, we'll see if the teams that didn't make any moves, maybe it was the right decision to not make any moves, and maybe they'll, you know, have a better, you know, kind of second half of the of the season. Um, but you know, we get we get somewhat of a little break from normal NBA basketball, and and uh, you know, get to talk a little bit of NBA All Star All Star news. Um, so. If you haven't heard, um, NBA All-Star Weekend mm -hmm. taking place this weekend um, in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, Going to be split between two venues, um, Gainbridge Fieldhouse, where, you know, the Pacers play. That's where the All-Star game will be, uh -huh. um, as well as Luke, Lucas Oil Stadium. They're going to have 
you know, the various kind of competitions or skill competitions at Lucas Oil as well. So, um, you know, so it's kind of a kind of a mixed bag of, of you know, locations. But, you know, the the uh, event that gets us kicked off on Friday night, uh, we got the, you know, the celebrity, the celebrity game. Yeah. Um, we got uh, Team Shannon Sharp taking on Team Stephen A. Smith in this in the celebrity game. Um, obviously, Team Shannon Sharp and Team you know Stephen A. They're the respective head coaches for their uh, for their teams, but they got a couple of famous assistant coaches as well. Um, for Team Shannon Sharp, you got Fifty Cent um, as one of the assistant coaches, as well as you know an Indianapolis legend, Peyton Manning, one of the assistant coaches yeah, as well. Um, and then for Stephen A, you got uh, Little Wayne as his assi- one of his assistant coaches, and then uh, Aja Wilson, one of the the, the better WNBA players as well, going to be an assistant coach. But uh, as far as actual players for Team Shannon Sharp and Team Stephen A Smith, uh, a couple notable guys. Um, you got Micah Parsons for for Shannon Sharp, uh, obviously NFL guy, you know, a freakish freakish athlete. Um, and then uh, one other guy that I circled, you got Walker Hayes, the country singer, uh, also on Team Shannon Sharp. Yeah. Um, and then Team Team Stephen A. Who I'd say got, got more of the talent. Yeah, this yeah. Um, he's got uh, Jennifer Hudson, who's you know an actress, producer, singer, has her own talk show host. So she's a little bit of a mixed bag of everything. Um, then you got Meta Sanford Artest, which probably most people know as Ron Artest. Uh, former NBA player playing on his team, as well as uh, C.J. Stroud, you know, current NFL quarterback for for the uh, Houston Texans. And obviously an athlete. And obviously a, a heck of an athlete as well. So, you know, going to get things kicked off with the, the celebrity game on Friday. Um, and then we move into the uh, Rising Stars Challenge, which is, you know, kind of a four different teams made up of rookies, sophomores, and they even have a team made up of basically like the G League guys as well. So um, it's a kind of a single elim- elimination tournament. Two of the teams will play each other in one semifinal. The other two teams will play each other in the other semifinal. Whoever wins moves on to the championship, plays each other in the in the championship. Gotcha. Uh, Matt, any thoughts on on the, the the skills or the Rising Stars Challenge? Yeah, the Rising Stars is always fun. You got some pretty pretty cool coaches for this. You got yeah. uh, Team uh, Pal Gasol, right. uh, Team Tamika, I believe it's Holsclaw, uh, Team Jalen Rose, and then Team Detlef De- oh, Shrimp from, yeah. from back in the day in the right. Seattle Seahawks yeah. days. So yeah. you know, it's it's always fun to watch these Rising Stars. Mm-hmm. A lot of great up and coming young guys. Yeah. Getting, getting to showcase their skills and right it's kind of sometimes more exciting than the all-star game because right. these young guys are just flying around right. they, they're know? they're happy to be there want to showcase yeah. that they may be the next you know lebron james or you know kevin durant um but yeah it'll be interesting to see uh Paul gasol actually won won the event last year with his team so we'll see if he's able to uh you know take take home the gold this year um he you know spent his first two picks because it was kind of a draft uh you know, it was kind of a draft the way that they did did picking the teams. Uh, he spent his first two picks on number one and number two from this past year's draft. He's got Victor Wimbignana yeah. and Brandon Miller um, wow. as his, you know, kind of star players right. to, to start that thing off with. Um, but, you know, I, I, looking at all the teams, I mean, outside of, you know, Shrimp, Shrimp's team, who's made up of all the G League guys, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, they have a lot of, a lot of talent, um, you know, so it's going to be, going to be exciting to see who's able to come out on top in this one. So uh, is a uh, Banchero going to play in both of these games? He's, he's actually a, a regular all-star yeah, and I yeah. see he's on a roster yeah. here. I'd be yeah. kind of surprised. To see he's actually, in, duty. We'll, we'll talk about him. He's actually in, I think three different events. Right. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit here. Um, but yeah, I, I, to my knowledge, he's going to play, play in this one, going to play in the all-star game and it's not going to be much of a break for him. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's going to be an exciting weekend, you know, for, for him, you know, to showcase his, his talent, you know, obviously one of the, one of the better players up and coming yeah. here, um, you know, obviously based on, you know, getting an all-star, um, all-star pick as well. So, uh, then we move over to the, you know, the various kind of skills competitions is, as you will, um, the skills, the skills challenge, uh, which is, you know, kind of a, it, it's a combination of a lot of different, different things. So there's different rounds. Uh, you know, first one's kind of a relay, relay race that combines dribbling, shooting, passing, all that stuff. Uh, the next, the next round involves just a team kind of passing drill 
and then round three is like a team shooting drill and various points are earned during these you know three rounds they have three different teams whoever has the most points after each of these rounds is determined the winner of the of the skills challenge uh so we do have three like i said three teams we got the hometown team pacers um made up of uh guard tyrese halliburton uh forward benedict matherin center miles turner uh then you got team number one pick who is made up of forward paolo bancaro uh guard anthony edwards and forward victor wimbignana so obviously they get the name because all of them were number one picks yep. in the NBA draft. Then you got team all-stars, which are just made up of, you know, a combination of, of all-stars that made the all-star game. You got uh, forward Scotty Barnes, uh, guard Tyrese Maxey, and then guard Trey Young making up the, the team all-stars. Yeah, kind of surprising that those are the, the three, uh, maybe right. they're the only ones who said they would right, do it. Right, right, yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of the less of the star-studded <laughs> right. lineup they could have put together. Right. I, I really like this team top picks okay. to, to yeah. come out of this thing. I mean, yeah. you got some a lot of versatility mm. there. And mm. Wimbignana, that guy's just a, a freak of nature right. we've seen this year. Right, right. I, I like their chances. Yeah, one thing, one thing to note is that since they've done kind of this team format, mm. they always, you know, whoever's hosting the All-Star game, it always is made up of – one team is made up of guys that right. play for that respective team each of the teams in the past two years team home team or whatever you want to call it has been the winner yep. every year. So the Pacers, you know, trying to make it a perfect three for three going into right. this one. Um, you know, the Cavaliers Cle team Cleveland, you know, started it off. And last year was team Utah mm -hmm. this year, team Indiana, you know, Indiana right. Pacers. So we'll they, see. You said these challenges are going to be in Lucas oil. So that won't be quite the same as the, uh, what the other guys have had being home. They've mm -hmm. actually been playing on their home court. Right. This right. Thing. This might be a little a might throw them off. That might throw game. them off yeah. a bit. So, um, and then uh, moving over to you know um, the three point contest. This uh, is my favorite event. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because I mean, the, I guess the you know the dunk contest used to be. It's lost. It's it's kind of lost. What else can you do? Right, I mean, the right. Guys have done everything that you can do. But mm -hmm. to me, the you know the three point shootout is kind of the highlight of the weekend for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you got Lillard coming back, trying to defend his championship from last year. Yeah. You got some good ball player, Trey Young, you know, yep. the big cat, you yep. know, you know Brunson. You got some yep. – and Donovan Mitchell from the Cavs. So, yep. yeah. you know, we got some we got some all-stars in there. They're going to – you know, and this gets competitive. Mm -hmm. These guys these guys want to win this thing. This, right. is, yeah. this is bragging rights here. Yeah, yeah. To round out the full list of all the guys yeah. um you got malik beasley the guard from the milwaukee bucks uh you mentioned jalen brunson the guard from the new york knicks uh hometown tyrese halliburton from the pacers uh damian lillard uh forward laurie markinen from the jazz guard donovan mitchell technically center carl anthony towns from the minnesota timberwolves and then to round it out you got the guard trey young from the atlanta atlanta hawks um you know honestly uh, it you know coming into this um Malik Beasley, as far as pure stats go, he has the best three-point percentage out of all of these guys mm -hmm. so far in the regular season. Um, but Carl Anthony Towns, who, you know, won this event uh, not so long, you know, mm -hmm. a handful of years ago, uh, has got the second-best three-point percentage, uh, shooting almost 44%, a career high for him um, as as a big man. Um, but we could see, you know, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag outside of Lillard and Carl Anthony Towns. These are the only guys that have ever won this event that are competing in this thing. So could have one of our first our first winners, um, Damian Lillard, obviously looking to, you know, control his title, go back to back, be the first guy to go back to back since 2007, 2008, if he's able to to win it. So it's been a while since we've had a uh, back to back winner in this one. But, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Um, you know, obviously several rounds uh, shooting from five different spots, you know, five balls on a rack you know they get a money ball rack which counts for more points you know towards it if they're able to make it um you know so it, it's going to be going to be exciting to see who who's able to come out on top on this one um jalen brunson who competed in it last year i think maybe might have been runner-up or you know was was close to the championship last year coming back to you know try to try to win it this time um but yeah a lot of a lot of good guys in this in this what do you like huh yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I think I think I'm going I'm going Brunson in this one. A guy that's playing hot, you know, not just from three point land, but just 
a guy that's really cemented himself as one of the best, you know, NBA players right. in, in New York and in the league. Um, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Brunson. I'm going to go outside of the box. I'm going to go Trey Young. I, okay. He's been in this thing a lot and he, he's never quite been able to, to get over the hump to, to be the champion, but the yep. guy's a pure shooter. Yep. And his name's it's, Trey. Right, yeah, right, absolutely. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, a guy named Trey has to win the three-point. <laughs> right. right. I'm going to go completely different. I'm going to go with the past winner in Carl, Carl Anthony Towns. Okay. Right. You know, I give this guy credit, you know, seven-footer out right. there shooting 44%. Mm-hmm. The, the pressure's not going to get to him. Like you said, he's a past winner. Right. I, I like for him to uh, – Take home the trophy again. Yeah, because I think a lot of this is 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 on stamina. I mean, these guys, you know, you're shooting, yeah, five balls. It's a timed event. Five also. five spots, five balls at each. I mean, you're shooting quite a bit of shots in a short amount of time, and you know, a lot of times it's just get the ball up there as quick as you can to try to get through all of the balls. Yeah, right. But you have to pace yourself and not, you know, not get too tired or whatever, because it's going to be multiple rounds, you know, all that stuff. So. I think that that experience is going to come into come into play. So that is something to to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a, a a different contest or an additional contest that they're that they've added into it. Um, that's kind of a I don't know three point contest B, if you will. Um, it's Steph Curry, who you know one of the greatest NBA three point shooters of all time, or probably if not the best, uh, going to take on uh, Sabrina Ionescu, uh, probably one of the best. WNBA three-point shooters of all, of all time, they're going to go against each other in a three-point competition against each other. It's all all for charity, uh, but cool. uh, obviously Curry going to shoot threes from the NBA three-point line using a normal NBA size basketball. Uh, Sabrina going to shoot from where WNBA three-point line using a WNBA size ball. Going to have I think it's just a one-round deal. Right. Whoever you know comes out on top, you know that's kind of more for bragging rights, but ultimately I, I can't remember if it's like every bucket that's made goes towards, you know, a certain charity or how, how it works. But ultimately at the end, the charity wins because right. that, that that's really all this event is for yeah. is just, you know, a charity type type deal. So yeah, you got to uh, think women's basketball kind of, kind of wins in that deal right. too, because they're, yeah. they're getting a showcase sure, what right, they absolutely. can do. And if she could knock off Steph Curry, right. Yeah. Man, yeah. That's yeah. Put a lot yeah. Right. right. Absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, moving to the last kind of skills competition of the night before we get into the actual All-Star game, you got the, the, the heralded dunk contest that, again, has probably lost some of its luster over the past, you know, several, several years. But, uh, you know, one unique thing, they did get a All-Star to join the list of participants. Yep. Jalen Brown from the Boston Celtics gonna going to be participating in this not, thing. Not a guy you really know for no. dunking the ball. Right, right. I mean – you when take you what you can get, I guess. Because of his star stats, yes. do you think yeah. that carries him? Does that get him more points? You know? <laughs> yeah, Is I that, think. I don't know, because last year the guy who got all the points was right. the guy who wasn't a star at all. Right. Nobody even heard of him. No, and, and Mac McClung. And he's over participating in it again this year. So, so. I, I feel like this year he won't get the same the same crowd hype because uh-huh. he, he's he's known now. Right, right, right. That was like the unknown coming in. Right. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't like his chances to repeat because yeah. I feel like he, he got a lot of extra love mm. just for being that yeah. G League kind of guy who just guy. came up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, for for me this year, I like I like Jacob Toppin. Okay. Get the guy is a high flyer. He yeah. can he can he'll show out. He'll get high above the rim. Okay. And it, I, it'll it'll look more impressive. Yeah. As high as he's gonna get. Yeah. And if you recognize the name Jacob Toppin, he's the younger brother of Obi Toppin, yep. who also plays in the NBA. Yep. Um and. He's looking to repeat in his brother's footsteps because yeah. Obi won this event in 2022. So yeah. be a little bit of uh, you know cool brother brother action there to to and win. I think I think the judges know that too, and I mm-hmm. kind of got to agree with Matt. The yeah. kid the kid can get up and just you know kind of to the coolness of his brother winning it, and then him competing and winning it too. I think that might be a little inside line for Toppin as well. Right. And uh, obviously, you know, like I said, the other participants, Mac McClung, who, you know, won, won the event last year, Jalen Brown, like we mentioned. Um, and the other one is uh, uh, Jaime Jaquez Jr. From, from the Heat, who, you know, played for UCLA for a long time. Um, but, yeah, Mac McClung has a lot to, you know, has, has big shoes to fill even for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously defending champion. But, mm-hmm. you know, last year three of his four dunks got a perfect 50 wow. and all of his dunks he completed on his first attempt. So he's got a lot of work cut out for himself to right. live up to, you know, take it to the next step in that, in, in, in that he set himself last yeah. year. 
going to be very, very tough to do it. Um, but, you know, the, the five people that they're going to have to impress, the judges this year, Dominique Wilkins, obviously a former NBA dunk champion um, in 1985 and 1990. Uh, Fred Jones, a local Indiana Pacer guy who also won the dunk contest in 2004. Then you got Gary the Glove Payton, um, Mitch Richmond, and then uh, rounding out the fifth judge, we got Darnell Hillman as well. So another Pacers guy that actually um, dates back to the ABA days. Wow. Um, so going to be uh, pretty pretty uh, interesting to see how the how the judges score it this year. Different, obviously, different judges from what we had last year. Going to be uh, going to be interesting to see uh, if Mac McClung can defend his title. Um, All right, so let's get into the game. Yes, sir. But yeah. kind of in the recent years has kind of been, you know, it used to be, you know, if you'd look back at some of the history to this game, when, when Kobe played, when LeBron played, when, well, I mean, LeBron's still playing in them, <laughs> but uh, when Kobe played with Michael Jordan, they were competitive back there. That yeah. guy still wanted to win. I can remember, I don't remember what year it was where Dwayne Wade broke Kobe's nose. Yeah. yeah. When he's going to the rack, you know, in the third quarter mm-hmm. playing defense, right. you know, that, you don't see that now. Yeah, and I think it's going to get even worse. I mean, I think the last couple of years it has been a little bit more competitive because they've had that Elam ending right. in this in this yeah. thing for whatever reason. You might as well just not watch it till the end. I don't basically. know why they're doing this, but they've eliminated that this year. Really. No, wow. no Elam ending for this now, year. To me, that was kind of the, yeah. Cool. I think yeah. that's what kind of made it more brought it back to life. Made, I guess made it a little yeah. more competitive. Right, right. So. Uh, but for whatever, Everybody wanted to be that team that was just like. Uh, uh, score out of the water, 500 right? to, yeah. you know, scores 500 to 501. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, for whatever reason, they decided to eliminate that and they've decided to go back to the traditional East conference versus West conference, yeah. as you, you know, may or may not remember, um, in years past, it's been kind of a draft style, you know, format where it's been a mixture of Eastern conference, Western conference guys on, uh, you know, different, different teams, but they've gone back to the traditional East versus West. Um, so looking at the teams, um, in the East, you got the head coach, Doc Rivers, uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I don't know how this works, but he only had to win technically one game in his, like that stretch where he became the head right. coach in order to take the head coaching spot. <laughs> like, obviously if the, if the Bucks had kept their head coach, it would have been, you know, Adrian right. Griffin, but. Uh, you know, Doc Rivers, again, was able to win a game or two here. So they, you know, were able to make him still the head coach or whatever. So anyways, um, the starters then for, for the Eastern Conference, you got Tyrese Halliburton, Damian Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum. Technically, Joel Embiid would have been a starter, but is injured. So will not be, you know, will not be participating. Um, so you think we'll take a spot in that lineup? You think Pal- uh, Banchero might have a good spot, or maybe um, Adebayo, something like that? Yeah, I think there? if they're sticking with maybe a traditional center, yeah, they go they go Bam. Um, so yeah, the reserves then for the East, you got Jalen Brunson, uh, Tyreek Maxey, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, uh, Paolo Banchero would have had Julius Randle, but also injured uh, Bam Adebayo, Trey Young, and Scotty Barnes to round out the the reserves for the East. But, yeah, I, I look for, you know, either it, – it depends on if they want to go small ball, big ball, you know, type lineup. But, yeah, if they're going to stick with maybe a traditional lineup of the center, I think either, you know, Paolo or, or Bam would be be the guy that takes yeah. Embiid's spot in the starting lineup. Um, and then moving over to the Western Conference um, – head coached by Chris Finch, who is the head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, starters, you got Luka Doncic. You got uh, Shai Gilgis-Alexander. Kevin Durant. LeBron James making his 20th All-Star appearance. Uh, Nikola Jokic. Then the reserves, you got Devin Booker, Steph Curry, Anthony Edwards, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Carl Anthony Towns, and, and Anthony Davis to round out the, the guys for, for the Western Conference. And, you know, just looking at the teams, man, I don't see any way that the Western Conference doesn't win this. I mean, looking at the names, looking at the talent, I, I think the, the the West has got this thing wrapped up in the bag. Well, you know, I, I like the starters better for the East, I yeah, think, yeah. but for the, the team as a whole, right. I, I do like the West. Yeah, There's yeah, just so much agree. more coming off the right. bench. Right. Definitely a lot of star power. And I will say one thing about the NBA All-Star game. It definitely brings out the all not only the NBA All-Stars, but you see all the – Celebrities, all, everybody, all celebrities. There. yeah, everybody's, you know, and that, and that is kind of cool to see right. them coming out, right, but. right. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I think, I think for me, looking at the teams overall, yeah, the West 
from an experience standpoint, has yeah. the experience compared to the Eastern Conference as well. Um, but again, it, it's anybody's game because, right. you know, little to no defense is played in this yeah. thing. It's more about the theatrics and, you know, the excitement and how many points can we score and, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think ultimately the NBA may be regretting eliminating that Elam ending, in my yeah. opinion. I mean, I that like was it. that was a good a good thing to have, but we'll we'll see how it how it goes. But yeah, I like I like the Western Conference to come out on top in this in this game. <clears throat> all right, very good. Well, I think that's all we got for you tonight. We appreciate you listening. Uh, thanks for listening to Fired Up with your hosts, Colton Cow. Chief Rob Cow, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And, you know, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. Uh, you can find us over on Instagram if you search for Fired Up underscore podcast. Or you can find us over on Facebook if you search for Fired Up comma sports podcast. And as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can find all of our past episodes and, you know, just a little bit of information about the show. And as always, you can find this episode, all of our past episodes on pretty much any podcast platform you can think of. Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So all the big players, you can find our show. So appreciate y'all listening. And as always, stay stay fired fired up. up.